Did you know? Were yeah, you not getting the? Do you have you to pair up with year? Barack fucking Obama to make a famous <laughs> podcast? Like, why like, don't you fucking like, do it yourself, like, Bruce? No. You are listening to the Dude Nature Podcast. everyone welcome to the dude nature podcast thank you for being with us i'm here as always with my brother adam we are not in the rack here again it is a remote edition remote edition adam how are you good um better as soon as we get get our volumes ironed out once again i am talking to a screen with no face on it because of your shitty laptop so there's a there's my first gripe (laughs) right there hey Guys, thank you, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much, so much for reviewing us. Really appreciate it. If you want to just review us and leave a review that says BOFA, as Jason has done, that is awesome. I hope one day we get kicked off iTunes just because we have people go, people find Do Nature Podcast and just it just says BOFA, Ligma. It just mm. is dick jokes for the whole first page. Yeah. And honestly, if they then listened, it's a great way to self-filter because they probably would like the podcast. Right. Um, as, dick jokes, as dick jokes seep into the popular consciousness and people become more aware of them. Yeah. And we get kicked off iTunes because there's an awareness of dick jokes and now they're outlawed. I would like like it if we got kicked off iTunes for having too many dick jokes on our reviews. Let's see if we can make that happen. What a blessing. Yeah. What a blessing. Hey, um, we are sponsored. This podcast is sponsored, although it is full of dick jokes. It is sponsored by Four Sigmatic Coffee. Whatever you're drinking, ladies and gentlemen, you're drinking coffee, Pete's, Starbucks. Whatever it is, I've, I'm drinking Four Sigmatic literally right now. I'm drinking it right now because it gives me the brain fuel that I need because it has less of a come down. It makes me more productive. It's just fucking better. Harder Go nipples, to Four Sigmatic. More sex. Use offer code dude underscore nature. Harder nipples, more sex. Dude underscore nature. Nope, sorry. That is dude nature, all one word. That's just dude nature. Mm. Um, no, don't use your coupon thing to use a different coupon. Use offer code dude nature, all one word. No exclamation mark. I fucking love you guys. <clears throat> we made okay. it as confusing um, as possible for you guys, just because we love you. And that that's how you do a read to make things really confusing for your listeners. Right. So if you're confused, that's good. That's what we intended that's, it to be confusing for you. That's on brand. Perfect. Okay, Adam. Yeah. Adam, what's, what's your gripe? Uh, Noah, these are the gripes where we gripe to each other for 30 seconds each about something mildly irritating. Um, I'm going to go with my... Why don't you go with your gripe first? I actually am deciding between a few. Yep. My gripe is famous person podcast. Oh, damn it. Okay. Okay. We were, we were just talking about this. Look, famous people, I know that you were bored in 2020 and that you were missing the attention that you were used to getting. But let me tell you something. Podcasts are for the people. Okay. So this is this is our thing. Okay. This is for the people. It's not for you. Right. Okay. So right. famous person so get podcast. Off. So get off. Coming on get off. To, to our lawn. Podcasts are, are, are a time that people – get to listen to other people like them. Right. You know what I mean? Like this is like, this is our, our long normal ass um, dudes, normal ass, normal girls. ass dudes, normal ass women get to listen to normal ass dudes and other normal ass women. And when I listen to a celebrity podcast, I'm not saying that I don't listen to very, to popular podcasts. I listen, you know, Bill Simmons. And when Joe Rogan has good guests, I'll, I'll listen to it. But sometimes when I listen to it, like I listen to a recent Joe Rogan one, it's just famous person masturbation. Like it'll be him. He is famous and rich with someone else that's famous and rich. And it's just them talking about their famous and rich life. And you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, it's like a, it's masturbatory famousism. Yeah. 
Yeah, exactly. Like a life that you you couldn't really relate to. Like I go to I go to kickboxing for three hours a day, and then I play chess. And right. then I go to kickboxing, you know, and then like I go to like, and every then I do my screenwriting, and then I fuck myself. Yeah, and then like I get like invited to these clubs, and then like you're listening, and you're just like, how this is life is like not even. Whereas close Larry, to mine. Larry, our hero, Larry David, our absolute hero, hero, he does absolute the same hero. thing, but he he's a is the, the awareness of how stupid his famous life is. But that's part of the joke is he's making joke. fun of how famous he is, right? Gotcha. He's making he's making he's making comedy of it, and also that it it is unrelatable. Like you wouldn't be able to relate to it. By the way, thank you whoever whoever nominated us for a podcast award. Thank you, really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you very much for whoever nominated us uh, for the Quill Awards. That is awesome. We just got the email. But um, also Bruce Springsteen and Barack Obama, just like fucking, just step off. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah just no, step so, off. So this comes from if you guys are on Spotify, if you're listening to us on Spotify or you're just using Spotify for music, you've probably seen the the Bruce Springsteen. And Barack Obama podcast. Okay, I got news for you. It people are gonna listen to it because not because it's good, because they're famous. They're super, super famous. No, they're really so fucking famous. One of them was the president of the this. United States. They're fucking famous. Get off our block. Right. Right. This is our fucking block. Podcasts are for the people. Okay, get off. It wasn't that's enough what, just to have Barack Obama, the former president of the free world, and most power used to be most powerful man in the world. It wasn't enough to have him. On a podcast, we actually had him and Bruce Springsteen, a super famous musician, and now it's a doubly famous podcast. Look, I'm I'm sure that Dak Shepard's podcast is is probably it's probably okay. It's probably it's it's probably good. But I I people keep telling me to listen to it. But for me personally, I just like when he's famous, he has guests that are themselves famous. Come on, I just I don't want to listen to famousism. I just want to listen to a normal ass person like me. You know, and that's that being. You know what I mean? Uh, my gripe. Anyway. My gripe is yeah, we're bitter. We're just bitter. We're just bitter. My gripe bitter. is narrative podcast. We're going to stick on the podcast theme. I personally, I know that many people like them. I personally hate narrative podcasts because explain explain what a what you mean by narrative podcast. A narrative podcast is a podcast that is to me it's overproduced. It's not just people hanging out. It's telling a story that is very... There's there's too many effects going on in the story. It's a, pod, a narrative podcast is a podcast that tells a story. But the way we've come to produce narrative podcasts, where it'll be like... And then like, I heard the car door, and the car door closed. And then you hear a car revving up for like a minute. Yeah. And then she opened the door. And right then, I knew that something was wrong. And then the music plays, and it's like, boom, boom, welcome boom, to boom, 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 boom. Sticking My Thumb Up My Butt by Gimlet. Welcome, Another podcast by Gimlet. Two people yeah. getting murdered podcast. Two people getting murdered. I went into the bar, and Randy was there. And there's a whole backstory that you and they need have, like, to know actors, about like, Randy. And there's the actors. Voices. And then we zoom out, and we go to Randy's backstory. And we actually – so it's been 10 minutes, and we haven't actually talked about anything. It just – we've come a long way from telling stories around a campfire to telling stories – in long form, in this overproduced, overhyped way, which I, I don't like. I don't like it. There you go. That's what I have to say. In your response. And those are two dudes that have a podcast complaining about other podcasts. Right. Exactly. That was a long right. It needed to be said, honestly. I think it did. Fuck you, Bruce. Fuck you, Bruce. Fuck you, Bruce.
goddamn fucking lawn, honestly. Get the fuck off, Bruce. Get the fuck off. Are you guys not famous enough? Did you know? Were yeah, you not getting the did attention you have you to pair up with year? Barack fucking Obama to make a famous no, podcast? No, like, why don't you fucking like, do it yourself, like, Bruce? Number one, number one, we're gonna have the boss. Okay, you ever heard of him, Bruce Springsteen, otherwise known as the boss? And we're gonna pair him with like fucking Barack do it. Obama. Have some balls, Bruce. Do it yourself. Do, do you yourself, need Barack Bruce, Obama? And just have your friends on instead of just having the most famous people in the world. Someone told him, you know what, Bruce? I just so this podcast works. I think that you should get someone famous. He's like, who? They were like, and they're like the most famous person alive, Barack Obama. Hey, hey it's a great idea. A surprise for you. If you did a podcast with Barack Obama, people would listen to it because I have news for you. You guys are both famous. Uh, no, let's play a game. <laughs> Can I just say one more thing about the podcast? It has <laughs> to come ahead. out of my yeah. mouth. No, I don't know ahead. how people are going to react to it, but it's coming out of my mouth yeah, anyway. Go ahead. Sometimes I feel like the only new podcasts that come out these days, it is either a famous person podcast where I'm a famous person and I have my famous person friends come on and we talk about our famous life podcast okay or it is just like a super woke podcast where we just talk about being woke and how woke and just wokeness so it's either woke or famous person podcast or a true crime podcast or true crime woke or famous person those that's what happens now yeah okay yeah begin there we go there's our spiel right i mean there's our everybody understands right famous people i'm sorry you didn't get your attention that you needed also like out of here also barack you're not out of this like you, you fucking do it yourself, Brock. Do you need the boss to be on your podcast? That's all I'm saying. God damn. Jesus. Okay. What is the most common sick day from work? It's got to be Friday. The most common sick day is actually Monday, except in Australia, Wait. which is Tuesday, apparently, for some fucking reason. I have no this idea. This is the game. We're, pl- we're playing the game. This is the game, So the, 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 the most common sick day is Monday, and then Tuesday it's Australia? The most common sick day is Monday. So what is the least likely sick day? The least likely well, sick day. Okay, okay. Actually, I'm going to reverse it. It would be, it's dumb to take Friday as a sick day. Super dumb. Don't fucking do it. Just just, just go to work. You're already you sick. Can fucking, you can fucking get out of there. Right, like we've fucking, been saying. You can crawl away. Is this, this is the quad. Like we've been saying on the first, the deuce, the three-bagger, and now the quad. Friday, you're already taking it off. Just If you're remote working, seriously, get yourself a five-pound weight. You're, we're selling you at the Dude Nature merch store. Go to our website. You can see the five-pound weight with our brand. Perfectly weighted to rest on your computer so it looks like you're active. Right, exactly. Um, what's the most common job in North America? The most common job title. In North America? Yeah. Okay, most common job title. Um, can I have like a two shots, a couple shots at this? Sure. Yeah, you can have a couple shots. Uh, number one, account executive. Oh, hey, Bruce. Yeah, Bruce, come in. Come on in. He just, he, oh, Bruce, Bruce Springsteen's here. Oh, Br- oh, Bruce just came to the studio. Right, yeah. Yeah, I thought it'd oh, be this- good if we paired up with him because you know why? Do you know why I think it would be good? Why do you think it would be good to because pair up with him? Because he's unfucking believably famous. Unbelievably he's- famous. Yeah, he is. And so therefore it would podcast. make it would really help our podcast because he's super, super famous. Why don't we just, why don't we leave as host and just have famous people come on? Uh did you want to guess for the and most talk common to job? Famous people. Do you want to guess the most common job? Uh account executive. Oh, yeah. I, you're you're sort of right. It okay, is okay, okay. No. sorry. Yep. Uh so it would either be one account executive, two two like like uh is it is it manager? And then, and then the third one I'd guess would be sales development rep. You really, you, you actually really got it. So the most common job oh, title is retail salesperson. So pretty yeah. much an account executive, right? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, in Germany, exactly. in Germany, what is a weird law that you think employers can require their employees to do? What do you think it is? Is it German? We're talking about the Germans. In Germany, a, a weird Stuber. law that employers can can require their employees to do. You come to work and we have a beer. Mm-hmm. You come is that Aus- that's Austrian. That sounds more Austrian, right? I, I wouldn't know. German beer. <laughs> uh, a weird law that employ employees. It's so weird. Employers... We go hiking. We go hiking. It's weird. Oh, the beautiful trees and we have a beer. Employ employers get to require their employees to do. Yeah. And your time is up. Employers just, just fucking shut. Have just. Um, I don't know. Yeah, tell me. Employers can require women to wear bras to work. <laughs> <laughs> So you can't you can't let them hang free. You have to wear a bra in Germany. It's a restrictive Cannot. restrictive culture, I say. Cannot. I say restrictive. It's not very woke. No, what's our topic today? Our topic today is otherwise known as the four banger. It is the future of work part four. The four pack. Okay. The four pack. Just like Ken Burns. The quadriceps. The quadriceps. <laughs> um, our topic today is universal basic income. Yeah. Overview. We're going to go over universal basic income. Then we're going to have halftime honey. Then we're going to talk more about universal basic income. Right. That's um, how it's done. Yep. You ready for the episode? I am ready for the episode. Okay. Give it to us. Start us off on universal basic income. Okay. Before we get to universal basic income, let's just talk a Good. little bit about reskilling and about wage stagnation. And the reason that those are important is because these are the problems that universal basic income has been proposed to solve. So since the early 1970s, the hourly inflation adjusted wage received by a typical worker has barely risen, Noah. It's grown only 0.2% per year. So when you hear stories about how people in the 1970s... Wait, wait, wait okay, I'm, I'm sorry, you were actually cutting off a little bit, a little bit on my end. So wait, oh, yeah. wages have only grown 0.2% a year? Right, 0.2% per year. This is inflation adjusted. From- from the from, from the nineteen seventies. What, what year? From nineteen the nineteen seventies. So, so we basically still make as much money as nineteen seventy. Right. We make we make as much as nineteen seventy, whereas things have increased in price. So when you hear stories about middle class people being able to afford a country club membership, a vacation home, like for example, I've told you this story too many times, so I'm sorry, but I'm telling you it's for the listener. No, it's a good one. When we when we went to stay on the west coast of Oregon. We stayed in a former Coast Guard house, like as an Airbnb. And the woman who used to own the house, she worked at the cannery down the street. And she was able to afford her own home and a separate home. And she worked at a cannery in the 1950s. She was able to afford like a nice house. In a nice house. Yeah. In a cool, in a nice area. Relatively nice area. So what I'm trying to say is that we have to make a lot more money now to be able to live the kind of life that you were able to live in the 70s. And that is unfortunate, right? So that is what wage stagnation is. For sure. With the disappearing of the middle class, where we just have a very wealthy class and a very poor class, kind of this poop heap that we're all scrabbling on top of. Okay, we have less to spend than ever. Parasite. Okay, so a university in Tel Aviv looked at this problem and they were trying to figure out why this was happening. They looked at 300,000 manufacturing pl- yeah 300 so my outline has 300,000 is that like I can't believe they looked at that many manufacturing plants 
I maybe that's there's no three thousand. Okay, across the country from 1977 to 2009, so they can measure the productivity of the plants because they were looking to see if these manufacturing plants were able to depress wages because of a lack of a competition for workers. So that is a word called a monopsony. Now I just dumped a lot on you right there. So you probably have things to say. Silence, silence of the lambs. Yeah. No. So you, you again, again, cutting off. You're, it was again, cutting off. Damn. My shitty ass PC. Damn it. So you're saying they, they looked at all those, all, you looked, they looked at all those manufacturing plants right. and they were, they were trying to see like their, their, their productivity, like their output. They were trying, they're trying to see if the manufacturing plants are able to cut wages because of a lack of competition for workers. They're trying to see the power of, Oh. They're trying to see the power of an industry as a whole to cut wages. Okay. Okay. Cool. Okay. That's so very it's cool. not a mono- yeah. it's okay, not a monopoly me. because it's not owned by the same people, but it is like a cross industry. It's called a monopsony, where it is because the the jobs are very competitive for the workers. The workers don't have much power for wages. Okay. So this was done okay, by Harvard. This was done by Harvard Business Review. You ever heard of that one? Yeah. Ever heard of that cool. one? Okay. Okay. Yeah. So what what they figured out is that the majority of the plants were able to hold wages at the same amount from 1977 to 2009. At the same amount, while the wait, wait they were they have they have the same wages as 1977. Right, and some actually went lower. But what they what they also found out <laughs> is that if another, so if you have two manufacturing plants in the same zip code then the wages increase. Right. Because there's competition between the companies for the workers, right? Right. So as our, basically, as our society gets more and more concentrated into these companies, Facebook, Google, blah, 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 we are losing the power to earn more wages because there's less. So more competition means better wages for workers. This is a long way of saying that. You see? Okay. Yeah. So so basically, basically, because there's less, these big companies... They just get bigger and buy all the, buy all these small companies. There's less and less competition, right? And so they were able to essentially keep wages of, of, at what they want. Yeah. So they not, not raising them. While they were doing this study, they also discovered that these companies, while they are not the same company, they are in cahoots with each other. Like they are frequently not putting their plants in the same zip code as other plants, so that there's no competition. Oh, a hundred percent. Right, a hundred percent. Just like what? Can you explain what happens to you with your Amazon dealings? Yeah, what happens? What happens to me with my? Well, like, what happens to me with my Amazon Amazon dealings is that like there's a million manufacturers in China that can make the same item, and so because there's a million of them, you can really play them back and forth and get a very cheap price because they basically have no they have no power on that price. But in the same way. On Amazon, there's a million people that can make your same item. And so that's why on Amazon, things are so, so cheap. is because there's a million people that can make that exact same item. And so it just becomes a price war at that point. And that's why when you buy something from Amazon, and it's an absolute piece of shit, but it was $10, that's why it's happening. Right. So the, so Does that it, make any sense? That makes sense to me. Makes sense to me. So let's Good. talk a little bit about that's wage stagnation and why it's staying the same right there because of a lack of competition. Yeah. 
it's oh. that so this is really interesting it's, it's interesting because so this episode again is about universal basic income because the general idea of universal basic income i and I'm, I'm sure that like a lot of people have the same reaction i really just off the bat i don't know anything about it but i i don't like it it's i, I just i feel like it's not a good idea i don't know anything about it. i'm about to learn i just feel like whenever people are given stuff for nothing it never turns out well but you're going to disprove me of that well maybe i'll i'll Maybe you'll think about it a little bit better after we're done talking about it. Okay. So basically wages have stagnated. Number one. Right. Wages have stagnated. Okay. So what do you do if you're one of these people in these jobs and you have no power to increase your wages? A lot of what people have been doing is, has been labeled as reskilling, which I is a word I did not know until I looked into this. So reskilling is like when people talk about turning coal miners into coders and stuff like that. Okay. The problem here is that the rich and the educated are getting a larger portion of the pie than everyone else. You understand what I say when I mean that? They get more of the increase in so production, if you, if you increase have, in money. Sorry. If you have a higher education, you can get a more specialized job and therefore your wages will increase because your job is more specialized. There's less okay. competition for your job. Right. So can you get skilled into one of these jobs if you are in a coal mine, if you're working at a manufacturing plant. This is something that the Trump administration actually ran on. So it was called the Pledge to America's Workers, where Trump promised to resell and retain, um, resell and retain, retrain 200,000 people across the country. So that they could get like higher paying jobs. So that his basically his base, the people who voted for him, could get higher paying jobs and not be left behind. So he ran on reskilling. He just didn't call okay. it reskilling. Okay, I got you. <clears throat> like for example, they the his daughter. What's what's her name? It's not Melania, right? It's that's his wife. His daughter wife. I have no idea. His daughter wife went to a plant in Kentucky a Ford motor plant and promised all the workers that they would get retrained to make higher wages at the factory, how they were going to do it. I'm not really sure, but it's a, it's, it's a big PR stunt because the governor of Kentucky was there as well. I watched the video of it and they do a whole rollout for them and they arrive and they like, they get a bunch of workers together and they promise them they're going to train them. So when two of the workers at the, Sorry, it's not a it's not a Ford factory, it's a Toyota factory. When two mm-hmm. of them were interviewed, they said that it was just they just considered a PR stunt. There's no way that they would actually have time with their families and their jobs to do any of the reskilling that that was promised. That sucks. Yeah. So what are your what do you have any thoughts on this kind no, of so stuff? No, so I I think this is I think that's really interesting. It's an interesting point that Wait, so wages really haven't got I mean, it's just like I mean, you can see it happening around you when you're when you look at like the salary that you're getting or like how much money you're making, and then you look at real estate prices for anywhere that like absolutely, you would, yeah, that, that you would want to live, and you're just like you're like the ratio here, there's something fucking wrong with this ratio. So if you right? don't, like, if you don't have rich parentitis, it is really a hard <laughs> if you don't have the disease of rich parentitis. It's really hard to afford a decent house. You have to make a humongous salary. To well to live to live anywhere that is not a complete shithole. Right. To live anywhere that's not really a butthole. That's right. desirable. And what you're saying is like back in the day with the Coast Guard worker, like if you were a Coast or if you worked at the can sorry, if you worked at the cannery, 
you could afford a nice house in a nice area. Yeah. If you worked at a middle-class job, if you're just a grocery bagger, you could afford a house. Adam? Yeah. I'm here. I'm back. Adam. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. Did I cut off again? Yeah. yeah, yeah. What you're saying is that, what you're saying is that, is that like back in the day, I can't, I can't a worker could afford a nice house in a nice area. Yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Okay. So, um, okay, cool. So let's talk about something else called Perscolis. Perscolis is a nonprofit school in New York that's training workers who work in customer service, fast food, they're mechanics, they're writers, they're English teachers. They work at call centers, training them to be productive programmers. Okay. And this, okay. this school doesn't require any kind of tuition whatsoever. It is, that's, that's sick. It's really sick. You have to win a lottery to get in here though. I was about to say like, how hard is it to get into that school? Really, really, really hard. So the reasons people say that they join is because, I mean, you hear these people talk about why they join Perscolas and you're like, holy shit, I totally resonate with this makes total sense. One guy was talking about how he worked at a call center. He was a mechanic. Then he worked at fast food, just like not able to get out of this, these shitty jobs. This slew of shitty jobs. Right. Just couldn't Especially elevate. When and when you're in those jobs, you don't have any time to get to train to get out. Right. And and a lot of them have kids. Like they have they can't they can't get off this this wheel, basically, right? So yeah, for sure. one of the things that I didn't realize is one of the reasons a lot of them said that they had joined the school was not just for themselves, right? They want to be able to pass off a skill to their kids so their kids don't have to live the kind of life that they did. But I'm just a narcissist okay. and obviously I didn't think of that. Um, okay. Yeah. So the school is really cool. However, they're very limited because they need more funding in order to operate, but they're doing a lot of good work. And <clears throat> I think that it is a really cool thing to be able to do that for some reason, like programming has been turned into the, the ultimate nirvana of reskilling, which I don't, I don't really know. I think there's other things that you could do as well. Not just programming. What do you think? I think, but I, I, I've said my piece on the, on the programming thing. I think that we're just going to keep having more and more of a need for coding until like everything is just coding. Every single job is just coding. Maybe, but I still have the take that I, I don't know how much of actually programming is going to be actual programming in the future. I think most of it will be like what Ashley does when she does, it's still programmatic thinking, but it's with a spreadsheet. Like writing code itself, I think is phasing oh, out. Is phasing like, out. As in like how Excel simplified like a, sp a spreadsheet? Right. So the code that we write today is actually built on top of really old programming language where you had to do more intense stuff with the computer. And I think that it's going away totally. I think that it's going to be completely abstracted maybe even in a decade. That that's just my guess. Wait, wait. The best the, the best example for your thing is is the is the website, right? You used to have to code a website. Now right. anyone can just go make a website. <clears throat> well, even for apps, like at my job right now, I'm doing way less programming than I did even 5 years ago. Way, 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 way less. I'm doing more <laughs> more configuration and more interacting with with other applications. Uh, but I guess my question would be then is that like but apps continually get more and more complex. Would they get way bigger? They get way more complex. So then, although that your language is being simplified, the app itself is more complex. So wouldn't that keep pace with that? Like, that's what I think. I think, well, there's a difference between being able to program, like write code and being able to have programmatic thinking. I think that while your fiance, like while she doesn't know how to code, she knows how to think programmatically. 
to engage with Excel, right? Do you know? Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like Excel, I you can you write equations in Excel the same as you would a programming language. But I, wait, I totally agree with you though that like coding has been like pitched now as like it is like the career path to save right. You it from, is like stop being a coal miner, save be a coder. Kind of shitty job that you have. It's like just go to code school and become a coder. Right. I worry about that because. There's not a lot of companies that are hiring entry-level coders like that. Not really, when they can get the work done from the human cloud, which you talked about in the deuce, for much cheaper. So I, I just worry that it's going to become this gold standard, and it's not really going to... Explain the human Explain the human cloud. The human, the human cloud? The human cloud is the... It, I'm rusty. I'm rusty bones on the podcast. I'm, I'm explaining the human. The human yeah. cloud is the fact that you can go on Upwork or Fiverr and just get people from another country to do coding work or, or work for you at right. very, very right. cheap. Administrative data entry, any kind of stuff like that. Like in Kenya, human coding. Right. We talked about how in Kenya they're actually trying to retrain. The government is pushing for retraining a lot of its citizens to work in the human cloud. There was a really good yeah, quote but, where they were in a workshop of people working in the human cloud doing data entry. They were talking about how they don't own cars, but they were working on self-driving cars. Yeah. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. The thing is that like are you going to pay a US worker, you know, 20 times what you would pay someone in the Philippines to do the exact same work? Yeah. Yep, exactly. Exactly like that. Okay. Okay, Continue. so moving on. Um yeah, so so for millennials, right, we're just thinking about our friends, the people that we know. It it is extremely hard to find a stable career right now or any any kind of career that really means anything to you. It's really hard to get all parts of the triangle correct where you feel useful, you're getting paid enough, and you have stability in your job. Wouldn't you say? Like, do you know anyone who has all those things at their job? Like a job that they love. They're fulfilled, that they, get, they, that they have they, enough they get salary. Paid a lot yeah. That they love. Yeah. No. Right. I can't think of one other time. No, but it seems like like the boomers kind of had that. It does seem like the boomers did have that, right? Like they they liked being company man, company woman. They yeah, but like you could you could have a job that wasn't like totally shitty and and like you could live on the salary from it. Right. So it exactly. So we've come a long way from that. Um, let's talk about Andrew Yang a little bit, and let's get into universal basic income. Okay, we buried okay, the cool. lead. We're we're getting here. We're getting here. Okay, Andrew Yang, right? He's running for mayor of New York right now, I believe. He okay. he is a trying to be a presidential candidate, and he thinks that reskilling is not the way to go. That reskilling actually hides an imbalance in our workforce. So, in his words, we are trained to think that we have no value unless the market says there is a need for what we do. Do you yes. Want, right? Correct. Yes. Correct. Like you want to feel like you, some of this work stuff gets into something deeper in human nature. You just want to feel fucking useful. You want to help people. I think that people really do want to help people at their jobs and do something important. Right. But jobs that help people and that are that do things that are important and that do things that are cool, they don't pay any money anymore. Right. So he thinks that this is a losing battle. He thinks that this is a race we are going to lose because, for example, in, in coding, AI is probably going to take over or in any other kind of reskilling, what happens when the skill that you've been reskilled to do becomes a moot point and you have to get reskilled again? We're, we're just so, okay, going to so, lose. Oh, I see. So like the race, it's like you, you're too slow. 
Right, it doesn't the actually rate of, work. Your rate of learning is too slow to reskill. Because by the time you reskill, you're going to have to reskill again. Right, and what he's saying is that even if people do get reskilled, when they actually go into the workplace, how many people are really willing to pay them for that work that they've been reskilled to do when they have no job experience? There's a disconnect between that. Right, because even when you reskill, you still have zero experience, and the people are just going to pay someone in the Philippines that has 40 years of experience. Right, and they're going to have to get reskilled again. Yeah. This being said, though, you are – like you personally are kind of like a story of the opposite because you were a science teacher and right. loved it but got paid absolutely no money. So then you reskilled to be a, to be a coder. Yeah, good point. And good point. eventually broke through. How did you break through? So I think I actually just got really lucky. I don't, I don't think – I'll tell my story. I think you're, you're totally right. I should have started with that. So I was a science teacher. Really liked being a science teacher. It is awesome. Unfortunately, they pay you, they pay you in dog poo. And, and dog shit. And they pay you in actual dog shit. And one day my car broke down and I had to get one student to drive me to the auto repair shop. And I was just like, this is, this is dumb. I can't because I can't afford an like Uber. You a, when you felt like you weren't a man, basically, where your penis had I mean, been you, chopped off. Right. Well, that you give up that when you become a teacher, you know, you, you get paid in the smiles of students. Real. I mean, you just really don't mom. I mean, mom is the highest paid art teacher in all in probably in the whole world. And she's barely making it. Yeah. Love, sure. love our mother. Love our mother. Love you, mom. She's You're doing amazing. amazing. She does amazing, amazing work. Teacher of the year. Okay. Not saying that she shouldn't, that that shouldn't be valued. We should value our teachers way more than we value our stupid coders. But Amer- America does not, it's like shame. Like when you hear yeah, someone like as shamed. a teacher, you're like, you're like, ooh. Right. <laughs> like, ooh. Right. It should be the opposite. So anyway, I was a teacher. I've been making websites, you know, since I was in college. And I was like, maybe I should do this more often. So I went to a coding school for three months. And then I went out in the workforce and couldn't get a job. And found an internship that paid $30,000. So you could only take this job. (laughs) You could only take this job if you were single and you had no kids and you were like 20 years old, which I was. Otherwise, there's no way you could take it. Right. You could only take that job you were that age and you could survive on Top Ramen. Right. Exactly. You could survive on Top Ramen. I was living in a house with the UT swim team. Basically. The University of Texas swim team. Basically, the leftovers from the UT swim team that were kind of grappling with now they've graduated and aren't cool on the swim team and not sure what to do with their lives. Right. I actually remember this. So it was the University of Texas swim team that was grappling with the fact that they graduated college and didn't know what to do. And then there was you. Right. Just tell a story about the University of Texas swim team. They thought the funniest thing was they would go to a bar called Aquarium and that everybody would understand the joke because they were on the swim team. But of course, nobody probably realized that they were on the swim team and only went to a bar called Aquarium. They were the only ones inside of the joke. Crickets. I remember. I remember. I remember that. They were really into that. I remember that all. Okay. Anyway, so the job paid really little, right? But here's the thing. At that job, I worked in a really, really niche language, a new language at that time called C Sharp, a newer language. And this was, this was in the Microsoft world of products. So I got into Microsoft programming basically with Java and C Sharp. And you could only have this internship if you were just living by yourself. And I got super lucky that the the first boss I ever had was one of the greatest people I've ever met. His name is Yuri Goldstein, Jew, lives in Israel. Jewish. And he helped write the language, C Sharp. 
There's even methods named after him inside of the language. He's a fucking awesome guy. One of the nicest people I've ever met. And he's kind of at the end of his career. And he just really wanted to teach someone. You know, it was like sometimes your life is like a story. It, it was this moment for me. So for six months, I just got to be his student and just learn things from him until I got fired from the company because I wasn't doing anything. And then the company shut down. <laughs> yeah. This is par for the And the company shut down anything. But during that six months, you know, I learned a ton more than you could learn over years of programming. You could get stuck in doing some really basic programming stuff, but I learned so much from him. I was able to use leverage that and use that in its really specific niche, this Microsoft programming world, which only really old programmers basically do. And I've kind of made a little career out of that, doing a very specific thing. So I, I think I got really lucky with the reskilling. Yeah. So it's interesting. So so basically you're saying that you were able to reskill out of being a, a low paid science teacher because that you got, number one, very lucky that you had the life situation to be able to do it. Number two, that you had a mentor that just happened to like want to teach you. And number three, that you hit upon coding in this language that had just been developed and that ended up being a useful language. Dude, yeah, absolutely. I can't say enough about right? this guy, Yuri Goldstein. He He's just Shout out one to of Yuri. the most tremendous guys ever. He had so much time. You know how at work people just don't have time for you, like your bosses? They just want to get stuff done. This dude, he always had time to explain stuff to me. Awesome, awesome guy. Dude. Fucking awesome fucking guy. Dude. Um, Jew. Okay, also also Jew. Lives in Israel. Sup, Great. Jew. Sup, Jew. Anyway, so that's my story of reskilling. Um, we're talking about reskilling because we want to talk about universal basic income. So what should we do instead of this race to reskill where you have to get really lucky in order to make a career out of it? Cool. This is where universal basic income comes in. So what is it? Universal basic income is giving everyone enough income in a geographical region for food, shelter, water, etc. It is comes with no strings attached. So that is super important. Because the money we get from the government now, we've both been on unemployment, we know we know what it's like, comes with lots of rigmarole, lots of taxes, tons of documentation and paperwork, and it's excruciating. So this money comes to you, it just comes to you. You don't have to do anything to get it. That's a very important definition of universal basic income, and we will get into violations of that in just a little bit. Okay? Well, one of the other things with unemployment too is it's like, I don't know, it, it almost it, it like motivates it's it, it's really like compensating people for really not trying to do any work which I, which which I really don't love about it so yeah do, do you know so, what I mean like so, like yeah. on the unemployment stuff it's like have you like have you worked at all and if you put like you've worked at all then you don't get any unemployment so it's like it's almost like you have to prove how worthless you are to get it Right. So this is different because everybody gets it, not just unemployed. Everybody gets this. That's, that's okay. a huge difference. So one thing we've all heard is that our economy is doing so good, right? The U S is the most powerful country. We have a booming economy and life must be great here. Like when other people think of the life in the U S they think life must be really great. Well, we are, we are not all shareholders in our economy, right? We all don't benefit from that. But one thing that universal basic income does is we all get to benefit from our economy being so awesome. Do you know what I mean by that? I, to I, I totally know what you mean. I just want to say, I, I, can I, I'm going to explain it. I totally know what you mean. I think that, so I recently, I recently just went to get my first vaccine. You'll see why I'm telling this story. I went to get, I went to get, I got my first vaccine 
and it was in a state-run facility, like a mass vaccination site. I don't know if you guys have ever been to like one of the big vaccination sites, but it was run by like the U.S. Army, and I had an America boner for the first time in like a while. Oh, how did because it feel? Because it, dude, it felt amazing. Tell me about it. It was like because it was run by the army. It wasn't a private company. It was run so well. There were like thousands. Of, there were hundreds of people getting vaccinated every minute. It was in like the Oregon Convention Center and the in like the biggest public space in Oregon. And dude, it was just run seamlessly. And it was like, it was the first, I was, you know, I felt like I had really benefited, really benefited from being an American citizen. Like that because I was an American citizen, I got to go to this really amazingly run vaccination site and get a vaccine for free. Yeah, that's awesome. Because you're in a rich country that's doing well. You got to have a a nice experience getting a vaccine. Right. I was like, I'm in a rich country doing well. And I got like, because I'm a citizen, I got a really nice experience, easy experience to get my vaccine. Right. You're not living in like Brazil or India, unfortunately, right now where it's, you know, people are in the middle of the hallway getting treatment. You're living in a a wealthier country where things are a little bit easier. And that's what people from the Nordic countries like Netherlands, Denmark, whatever, those motherfuckers, that's what they must feel like all the time. That is, yeah. makes you think, right? Okay. Yeah. So... Andrew Yang thinks that we should all be given a dividend for $1,000 a month for universal basic income. Okay. $1,000 a month. He re- So this is called universal basic income, but he rebranded it as the freedom dividend because he said it tests better with, with conservatives. The freedom dividend. That's so funny that he had because rebranded it. Obviously, but- right, they're not going to – the hand, the whole handout situation is, is a uh, – not they're not a fan of that kind of – thought so if they change the language a little bit it becomes palatable i guess i mean that'd be fucking huge for a thousand dollars more a month it'd be huge so has how does this actually work though okay in stockton california in stockton california mayor michael tubbs he was elected right out of stanford to be mayor of his hometown at 24 years old because of his plan for universal basic income so he did a little test group it took 125 residents and they gave him $500 a month for 18 months. No questions asked, not unemployment, not anything, no documents to sign. They just gave him that money. And this is important to note that this was backed by Silicon Valley investors. So there's some like guilt being felt by the elite class and they're backing some of these programs, I guess, is how okay. I think about it. Okay. Okay. So. Upon review of the program, here's what the LA Times said. A preliminary analysis of the first year of the program, they're talking about the Stockton program, through February 2020 found that recipients were healthier, showing less depression and anxiety and enhanced well-being than those in the control group not receiving the stipends. They also experienced less month-to-month fluctuations in household income. Most notably, they had greater success finding full-time work or upgrading their employment. Because they had more money and therefore more time. To they had more money, more time, and less stress about just meeting their basic needs. Because if you get your basic needs met, you can actually lift your head up, like I keep saying, and see the forest. Start to make long. You, you can start to make long-term plans. You know, one of the problems with with poverty and the cycle of poverty is that you can't. There's no long-term planning because you're just trying to eat. You know what I mean? I, okay, so so I, I like this a lot. It ma- it makes sense, but where does that money? Where does the money come right. from? So how would that we, pay? we give to everyone? How would we pay? Okay, it's a how simple do we equation. Pay it? Yes, three hundred million Americans getting around ten thousand annually. It would cost us three trillion dollars. 
So in, th- in 2018, the federal budget was just over $41 trillion. What does that, what does that mean? What does the federal bu- budget mean? Like, like all the money, the amount of money that we year. have from taxpayers to spend. So we, it's okay, 41 okay. trillion. Okay, so giving 300 million Americans 10, 10K annually would cost 3 trillion. So it's in our oh, budget so to be able to do it. Yeah. It, so we can, yeah. So it's, it's, it's a small amount of that. Exactly. It's in our budget to be able to do it. Okay. So where else has this been seen before? Of course, those motherfuckers in Scandinavia, right? They're, <laughs> yeah. they're already hot on UBI. In Finland, they did a similar experience where a group of people received $600 a month from Finland's government, no questions asked. One dude named Thomas Muraja, it's Muraja or Muraja? Thomas Muraja, he basically describes himself as the basic income guinea pig. There was a okay. little documentary about his life. He, he, does, he works at like a coffee shop and has universal basic income. He has an apartment. He has hobbies like photography. Like he goes around with his camera and takes pictures. He tried to, he's started a couple of freelancing photography businesses and he looks like he's dressed super well and he looks really healthy. I'm just, this is my, my thoughts just watching this dude. Yeah. 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 So you're saying like that $600 extra a month is fucking huge. It's huge because that he can actually like have sort of a life, a life exactly with hobbies and aspirations and stuff like that. So yeah, he finally he finally remembers being this kind of guinea pig. In his words, this is a quote: "It was a great relief because I got rid of all the bureaucracy." He's talking about how he didn't have to file all the paperwork for unemployment and all that stuff. I didn't need to fill in any forms or attend any classes where they teach how to make a CV and things of this kind. I could concentrate myself on my work, which is writing books and stories. Yeah, I forgot he also tried to write a book. Um, that's yeah. fucking awesome. Yeah. That's so fucking you get time awesome. to do hobbies basically. Right. So some of these programs, the government will be like, Hey, you have to attend a job interview class and you go in you for weeks and you learn how to write a CV and shit like that. Right. So another, right. another person in the program, he started an Airbnb company and ended up getting off universal basic income because it ended up doing so well or an Airbnb management company. Dude, dude, there, there was, dude, I just want to explain like with, with the unemployment, there was a while where I didn't, I couldn't get unemployment because they said that I had a businesses open and like I had, so I had to like shut, they were like, you have to shut the businesses down legally. You have to like pay to, to close the businesses to then prove that like you don't have any businesses to then get unemployment. But then I was like, well, if I shut the businesses down, then I will have literally zero month, zero dollars a month. Right. So what you're saying, yeah. What you're saying is what that- I'm saying is like these hoops, it's like they wanted me to make to to get my money down to zero to then right. get the like monthly unemployment benefits. So it was right, like right. they wanted me to crush my businesses to then get the unemployment. <laughs> well, I mean, a lot of people probably experienced it last year. They don't just you don't just get money from the government. You have to go you have through to, like, all play these a things. game. You have to you like have to play, play a little the game. game. And the problem is that sometimes you have to stay in being completely broke to get the money because if you are li- a little broke, you won't get the money. You know, right. so like it's, if, it's a stupid if, game. If you go right, so like if you go back to a job, like any kind of job, then you don't get the money anymore, and you might just literally be making the same amount. Right. So so what, or more uh, more in many cases. So it encourages you just kind of stay not working, which is not good for a society. That's that's not good. Right. I don't need yeah, to explain right. that. Right. Yeah. Okay. So. Upon being denied in Finland, one woman, she said, the payments used to come on the first of the month where she, she exited the program. The program stopped. Now I have to beg again from the government and I'm treated like dirt. 
The income restored a sense of dignity for me. So it's not just about the money, right? It's not it's yeah. not always about the money with work. It really isn't. Um okay. okay this is cool. Um do you do you have any thoughts before I want I want to get into no, I, sorry? I, I like like um uh, my thoughts are like okay, I, I see how beneficial it would be. And it would just be amazing for people's happiness. But again, my, my thoughts go back to how we're paying. I know that the three trillion is like a, a small percent of the forty three trillion of the, in the national budget. But but what do we cut? Like where what's getting shit cut or or cut away for us to do this? Okay, those are good questions. Let's actually take a musical break right now because we're really far into the episode. And after that, we will talk about Marin County and answer some of your questions. Okay. Okay. And he played the music. And he played the music. And he said as he played the music. And he said as he played the music. No, this is the halftime honey toast where we discuss and celebrate some absurd science in the news that's somehow related to our episode. I find the story no response to this immediate thoughts except again in the quadriceps. Noah, I'm finding the story, baby. Noah found the story. So what is the according halftime to honey? this halftime honey? Raise your glasses. This halftime honey goes to the Smithsonian. Nope, Smithsonian reports though that biologists discovered another new species of frog. Um, it is a bright orange frog that glows. It glows under UV light. Um, really? They're not sure. Yeah, discovered in uh, on Brazil's Atlantic coast. And so I, when I look up like – here's a crazy thing. When I look up like new species, there are new dinosaurs and new animals discovered like every single week. Yeah, isn't that awesome? It's, it's so wild. Like we still discover new species all the fucking time. We still discover new species that are currently living that have lived before. We discover new shit every single week. So this little frog, it's bright orange like a pumpkin. <laughs> and if, if you shine an, a UV light on it, it just the whole thing lights up. And no one knows why it like lights up under UV light. It's like a neon? But it's, like like a yeah, nightclub? It lights up like a light club under UV light. It's so sick. That's awesome. Yeah, so here's to the scientists that found that and into the toad itself. Small gripe, small gripe. Usually the halftime, I know it's you're still young in halftime, honey. Usually yeah. it has to do with the overall theme of the episode, but I still think the frog is cool. There's my gripe. Yeah, I like I like the new spe- I like the new species stuff because I just think it's crazy how many new species are discovered all the time. I agree. But I yeah, agree. I, 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 I absolutely I, agree. I, I get you. Anyway, Lachaim to the frog. Lachaim to the frog. Lachaim to the frog. Okay, going back now, speaking of neon frogs, how about going back to universal basic income? You had some questions about it. So, yeah. So, again, my my main thing with it that I want to know, I see that it's very useful. I see that it makes people happier. My my thing is, so what is getting cut? What are we slashing to be able to give this money? Who gets fucked, basically? Who's getting shit on to give the money to everyone? Do you know what I mean? Right. Well, what if instead of giving out unemployment payments, we just gave out universal basic income to everyone. So that would save us some money right there, right? Yeah, that'd be fantastic. Okay. I mean, I agree with you. What of the 40 trillion, how do we pay for $3 trillion out of the 40 trillion? What is getting slashed? Right. 
Could we just cut out cars and road maintenance? That wouldn't be good. Oh, you're like, where is a discussion topic? Do you have research on this? No, no, I don't. I don't at all. I was just thinking. That is a fucking huge gripe. <laughs> uh, I have no idea, but you're totally right. Um, let's talk about oh, what did what did Andrew what did Andrew Schlang what did Andrew Andrew Yang say? Uh, like, I, what did he say? How is he going to pay for this? He said he thinks seems to think that we could totally afford it. What he's gonna cut, I don't know. I don't know. But but he was like really confident that we could afford it. Yeah, he's he's gonna run on it. I think if he gets can mayor just, of New York and then he runs for president, can we just can we just shrink the government a little bit to not pay for all those people and then then right. give everyone? I think that the, I think that the, the American people would do better with with a couple less people in government and everyone getting a thousand dollars a month. But because of Rona. This idea has actually gained a lot of steam. I mean, obviously, the Scandinavian countries are all about it right now. There's way more research being done about it. That experiment in Stockton is relatively new. There's another experiment happening this year in L.A., which is a much bigger experiment. So this is this is gaining some steam. I'm kind of I'm kind of I'm kind of into it. Yeah, yeah, dude. Especially, I mean, we live in Portland. Especially living in Portland, and it's just like fucking living in. Sometimes it's living in homelessville. Just, just, just to be honest, sometimes it feels like it's living in homelessville, and you start to think like, we, I don't want just every American city just to be overrun by homeless people. Well, so you're thinking that giving those people a basic income, like if we give those people a thousand dollars a month, maybe they'd be able to like do get off the street, and yeah, that would be better maybe. for everyone. Maybe, yeah, it would be great for everyone. Yeah. Okay. Maybe. Okay. Again, would love to know where that money is coming from. Right. Exactly. Um, let me talk to you about. Our sweet home of Marin County in Oakland. Okay, this is a universal basic income gone wrong. Dude, is this the thing that you've been you've been wanting to tell? Yeah, me this is like the thing I've been wanting to tell you about. Yeah, this is the thing I've been wanting to tell you about. Okay, so this is about five weeks ago now. This happened. It's very recent. Okay. Okay. So Marin County and Oakland also made a law. We're going to specifically talk about Marin County's law. Oakland is under the same kind of criticism. For their law, I don't know exactly what it is, but we'll talk about Marin County. In Marin County, a law was made five weeks ago that says you are only eligible for universal basic income. They're going to do a UBI test group if you are a mother of color. So that's right. All fathers and non-parents and white mothers are out of luck. No, they didn't. Yeah, they did. And it's, it's like literally like the Wall Street Journal has been just just destroying them, of course, for this. Them being the county of Marin. Ins- but that's insane. Who right. made that? Who, wait, that passed through. Yes. I want to yes. understand it correct. I, I want to just understand it correct. Right. So it's universal basic income only if you are a, mother a of single color. mom of color. So not yes. – so you have – so that's it, right? That's it. Right. So – What's the problem with that? Obviously, it should be pretty obvious. It's not it's universal great. basic income because not everybody in the geographic area is getting it. It's only if you're a mother of color. We're not saying that if you are a person of need, you should be getting help, right? We're saying that universal basic income, it should be universal for everyone. So they seem to have missed this point. The county of Marin. Just, it's, did someone push this through just so that they could get like more people to like them because it's like the wokest law you could ever imagine? Right. So as described by a journalist who grew up in Marin with a white mother in the housing projects and was homeless. She said, if my mother was somehow privileged over similarly situated black mothers, it could only have been by the slimmest possible of margins. 
to exclude someone like her from a public assistance program on account of her skin color is the very definition of racial injustice. So wait, this, this is, that's insane. How did you hear about this? I didn't. How is did it because I'm an it? ostrich? I'm an ostrich with the head in the ground. It was in the New York Times. It's in the Wall Street Journal. It's it was all over the place. A couple. I'm weeks really. Ago. What does the New York Times say about it? Because I, I you know what I mean. Because they like what did are they against it or for it? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. I, I don't know. I mean, I didn't read any opinion pieces about it. I mean, how could um, you? How could you be for it? It's not. It's not the definition of universal basic income, right? You'd have to give it to everyone in a geographical area. I mean, it's a it's a joke, honestly. So, so, so this pa- it passed. Yes, this law passed. I don't know where it's at right now. Once again, this happened five weeks ago, so I'm a little out I of touch. I want to know what someone who's really woke thinks about it. Like, do they see that this is bad, or do they think that this is really a good? This is this is fair. Yeah. Anyway, so that's like, what would Sarah think about it? That's UBI gone wrong, and honestly. I wish I had more information about this juicy, juicy, juiciness, but I don't, and that's the end of my outline. So do you have anything so, okay, else to say before you want to, want to go to Open Kimono? I have fucking so much I, – I, I'm, I have so much to say about it. Is, is that law being taken back, or like is it just fucking we're, – we're going with it? I don't know. I don't know what's happening with that law right now. Huh. Yeah. I will say one thing. There are some sections that I could have used more on. No, fucking absolutely. I, to- I totally agree. And that's why this is Ken Burns, and we're going to have the Cinco. <laughs> we're going to have the Cinco? <laughs> yeah, we're going to have the Cinco. Do people want the Cinco? <laughs> Do we want the Cinco? I I want to fucking... I, I, I'm definitely I'm definitely more interested... Let, let's just go. go. Go to Open Kimono. Go let's, to Open Kimono, Let's take a musical please. break. Let's go to Open Kimono, and then I can hear go your kimono, gripes. Go to the Tell me your gripes. Think about your gripes with my research as we go to Open Kimono. This is the open kimono where we freely talk and discuss our final thoughts on the topic and leave nothing to the imagination. So Noah, what is yes, your sir. open kimono? I have two. I have, I have two things. My, my first thing is number one, if you had universal basic income and you didn't have to work at your coding job for so long, maybe you would have had more time to do a much better job researching. That's number one. What do you think about that? First, that is a fantastic point. And guess what? You're totally right. I would have had way more time (laughs) to actually dive in and do a proper job on this juicy, juicy topic that deserves more attention. Because if you're not universal basic income, you've done a poor job of researching universal basic. Not only a poor job, but my work was slow. I also took me a long time for the outline. Absolutely. Right. Number number two. 
ladies and gentlemen, I love you, whatever, whoever, whatever you are. Okay, but the, the, so number two is the the law in Marin County that it's only single single black mothers get the universal basic income. What if the law? I just think about this. Like, what if the law had been the other way around, where only white mothers got universal basic income? I mean, there would be like the city would be burning, right? Well, like you know what I mean? Like, there the riots would be like insane. Well, the, I think I'm just the, like that's I think that it's missing. Insane. Well, it's just missing the point that it's universe. The first word is universal. Yeah, I agree. Right? I, I, it's, it's missing. It's missing. It's missing the point. But it's just like I don't know. I'm just interested in like why why that happened. And but you how can, that happened. You can do that. And what people? What I, I want to know what people feel about it that are usually you like, can very, do that. Very you can do that program, but you can't call it universal basic income, right? Because it's not universal. That that would not be universal basic income. So don't call it that. It's like don't call the heroin blue magic. It's not. You call it blue dog shit, right? Because it's not blue magic that I sell on these streets. Yeah. Again, ladies and gentlemen, please don't hate me. I'm just, just my thoughts, and they're coming out of my mouth. Um, shout out to Sarah and all her boyfriends. Hope they get universal basic income to buy her amazing gifts that she deserves on her dates. Guys, absolutely. You can, you can find us at dude underscore nature at Instagram. If you like the podcast, leave us a five-star review. Leave us a BOFA. Big Kahuna, we hope your Ligma is getting better. Really sorry about it. Help us get kicked out of iTunes. Please. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. We love your support. All your nice reviews. All your nice messages. Thank you so much. Bye.